0: Hey, I'm Steve and Thanks for listening. This episode is supported as ever by the lovely people at The Podcast Host. They want to support you in whichever way you need to get your own podcast up and running. So check them out via the link at beingfreelance.com. First, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for web developer
1: Louise Swift. It can be very stressful to freelance because you're working so intensively on projects, it's pressure, really care about what you're doing, your reputation is everything, your portfolio is everything, so everything you do matters a lot. To know other freelancers who are going through the same thing that you can just say, I don't know why someone's behaving a bit unpredictably that I didn't expect in this project, or something's happened that I wasn't expecting, and now I feel all confused about, about what to do. It's just good to share and get that feedback that other people go through the same thing. If you're a kind of independent minded person and you want to start the exact perfect networking and socialising group for yourself, I really recommend that. Start your own thing. There's there's plenty of space.
0: Yeah, so there's Louise. Uh, welcome to an, another Being Freelance. It is properly episode 70 now. Recently, I've been going. I think we're nearly, it is. It's not, I think, we actually are uh, at episode 70. So, thank you to everybody who's been a guest, but also for you for listening. If you've not heard them all, do check them out at beingfreelance.com. There is plenty uh, to catch up on and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, at beingfreelance.com, you will find links to what we talk to with each guest. And you can also get our live episode. If you haven't heard that yet, it's the one we did at a conference back. Bash- In June, with a panel of guests, well worth a listen. You can get it only at beingfreelance.com. It's not gone out on iTunes or whatever. Right, but let's crack on and chat to you, Louise, based in London, a freelance, um, well, a freelance full stack web developer. Is that how I should introduce you? Is that how you describe yourself?
1: Um, Yes, actually. So, we have this interesting situation um, at the moment, my business partner and I, because we've technically um, sort of become not freelancers anymore in that sort of technical. Um, sole trader type of sense uh, because we have co-founded our creative digital studio um, and we work together or are sort of aiming to work together on all projects but we still so we were talking about this and we still actually feel very connected to the to the sort of freelance way of working and the freelance way of of life almost um and we we kind of feel that maybe kind of forming our our business and our creative partnership is just um it's just like an evolution almost I think I think one thing that freelancers even if you want to work independently or kind of under your own name uh, forever you can still obviously benefit at different points in your career from partnering on things but that doesn't stop you from being sort of a freelancer I find the wording all a bit difficult because there's obviously the technical side of, of I suppose your sort of tax status or whatever and then um and then there's sort of how do you introduce yourself to new people that you meet um And I don't know the answer, really. So my answer to your question is I have no idea how to introduce myself.
0: (laughs) So how about we get started chatting about how you got started being freelance and then we'll find out how you've then evolved into what you're doing today.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, So I started freelancing, it was over four years ago now, or actually maybe it was around four years, somewhere thereabouts. Um, And I have to say that I... um, And one of those freelancers who got started because I didn't really, it was kind of easier to start freelancing than to sort of keep applying for these really competitive junior roles and agencies and things like that. You know, because it was much easier for me to just talk to a few potential clients and let them know about who I was and, and what I wanted to do when I was a new freelancer. uh, So starting out as a freelance developer, kind of working mostly on these sort of WordPress websites and and smaller projects uh, for smaller businesses. Um, You know, and then I could just find a few people that I wanted to work with and talk to them. Um, And then, you know, someone out of those few people would be interested in working with me. Whereas obviously, when you're applying for these very, very competitive junior roles at agencies that, you know, I would have loved to To kind of work there but it's so competitive you need quite a lot of time potentially to do quite a lot of applications and interviews and and then maybe a little bit of kind of schmoozing and getting to know people in the industry a bit um and i just needed to start earning some money so (laughs) so i had to just um yeah just start kind of getting some little projects in and so there, you know i ended up freelancing um in that way and i ended up obviously much happier it does suit my personality a lot more to have sort of the control over the day-to-day details of my life and my work and where I work and when I work on the different things that I'm doing. So, yeah.
0: Nice. So how how did you go about getting those
1: clients? Gosh, well, so here's why I have to say that my first... (laughs) So the downside of sort of falling into freelancing in that way, I think for me was that I had no idea what I was doing. And so I started um, looking in all the wrong places I mean, I found projects, but it was the kind of project that you probably really shouldn't do. Uh, so, you know, sort of nonprofits and chari- small charities where there's really no budget. So to get anything at all for that project, but the expectation and the kind of need is still really high. So obviously anyone who's who's been a freelancer for a while will know um, that, yeah, there's plenty of these projects where they really, really need work done, a lot of work. Um, and it's important. It's to do with helping people, that kind of thing. Um, but the budget is kind of in inverse proportion. So it's almost non-existent. <laughs> um, and then you also feel bad <laughs> for sending in your invoice. So it's it's not a good place to be. And I think, um, you know, the more experienced freelancers and, and sort of agencies will um, almost donate time to causes that they're really keen to support rather than trying to do that as paid work. So it's like you, you take other work for money and then you can do the, the kind of good stuff um, in your sort of extra time. So, um, yeah, so anyway, but that's what I started doing. So that was a mistake. Don't do that. If anyone is new. don't <laughs> go, go where people have money and, um, and budget. Um, and yeah, don't, don't do this sort of nonprofit small charity thing. But I just did a bunch of that for about a year, um, before realizing eventually that it was terrible, um, business practices. And then, um, slowly, gosh, how did it change? Well, by then I had a bit of a portfolio um, and I also started to realize that I needed to learn about business. I'd become obsessed initially in sort of skilling up my development skills, but I did realize that that is only 50% of the challenge eventually and that the rest of it is um, yeah, getting to know new people and getting to kind of understand the, the business of freelancing, but. One of the other things I did that was incredibly, like the best thing that I've done is I actually started a freelancer meetup group because I wanted to join one and I didn't see exactly one that I, that sort of seemed to fit the bill. And I started to meet other freelancers and actually I would say that I kind of got going properly in my career by getting to know other freelancers and being brought in to do a little bit here and there to collaborate with them. And then by doing that, I was growing my network of, you know, businesses who are actually, you know, and clients who are actually spending money and um, on projects and obviously other freelancers that I could work with um, and to kind of also do referral sort of swaps with. So if we had different skill sets, we could pass clients onto each other. I would say for me, Good projects always come through my network of people that I know.
0: I love that you you didn't feel that you had much of that network, though. So you went out and created it by by creating your own. <laughs> let, let, let's hear yes. about that. Cause so, so, so how did you go about creating your own meetup?
1: So, you know, I was on meetup.com. I don't know because it was a couple of years ago now and I must have just been in this position of, doing all these little projects and I was reading these sort of business books and and just starting to really realize how much of a gulf there was between um what I wanted to be doing and where I actually was um so I think I was just kind of flailing about thinking what am I gonna do um I and you know I just didn't know any other freelancers I've got you know some really amazing friends who you know we do anything for each other but if they're not freelancing then they don't know um you know, the day to day sort of stuff that you need to deal with and stuff that you need to be doing. So I was on meetup.com browsing or probably just doing a general search for uh, freelancer sort of um, networking and and just sort of relaxed, getting to meet people, but not too salesy, not all this business card stuff. Um, So I didn't see something. So I started my own group on there just really impulsively. I didn't think I don't think I thought anything would come of it. Now there's all these hundreds of people in the group. um, And and fortunately, fortunately, I quite quickly met a few people that I really liked through the group. And a couple of them um, are co-organizers. Obviously, my business partner, Becca, is a co-organizer. And we also have Dylan, who's a designer. He's a co-organizer. And so that's the thing I would say if you do start your own event, um, which is one way. If you're a kind of independent-minded person and you want to start the exact perfect um, networking and socializing a uh, group for yourself I really recommend that if you you know maybe our timings for example might not fit for someone else um, so start your own thing there's there's plenty of space but definitely kind of consider a co-organizer like a collaborator just makes everything so much easier I'm not naturally uh, good at sort of hosting events I get a bit a bit stressed a bit tired a bit like oh there's so many people even even if it's not a huge number like just 12 or 15 or something That's
0: a lot for me. I am a developer after all. It sounds awesome. I must admit, I've been tempted to start my own in the... Because I'm not far from London. But... Equally, I, I, I sit there and I think there must be other freelancers like me in this town that I live in. There must be. For sure.
1: Do you and not know? Do you not know them?
0: Occasionally, I bump into them at like networking yeah. events and I'm like, oh, my sure. God, yes. you're like me because you're not wearing a suit. I can tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just we cannot not fit in here together. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I, I yeah, I, I admire that you've done that. How do you feel like you've, other than the work side of it, what do you feel that you've got out of that meetup?
1: Just so much. It's so good to just share the kind of day to day sort of. There's a bit of stuff that's a bit tedious if you want to, but I mean it's important if you want to, you know, share like what what invoicing and account manage like accounting apps that people using and productivity apps. You know, we'll talk about all of these sort of day to day kind of routine bits. But then also there's moments of craziness in freelancing where you just think, you know, what's going on? How on earth should I deal with this? Crazy event that's happened in this project, like maybe clients turned around and and just you know they've been happy up till now, and then suddenly they're not happy there's it can be very stressful to freelance um because you're working so intensively on projects that you pretty much always care a lot about because it will be you and the client and the project. There may be you know um other people on the client's side involved and uh, you know other freelancers involved as well, but even so it's probably not going to be a huge number of you and so it really, um, it's, it's pressure on all of you. And you really care, really care about what you're doing. Your reputation is everything. Your portfolio is everything. So everything you do matters a lot. Um, and I'm not saying it doesn't for people who aren't freelancing. But I just feel that as a freelancer, you're often, because you're an independent worker, you kind of, yeah, you really take that on yourself. So to know other freelancers who are going through the same thing that you can just say, I don't know why someone's Behaving a bit unpredictably that I didn't expect in this project, or something's happened that I wasn't expecting, and now I feel all confused about, about what to do. Um, and even if, in the end of the day, you do know what to do, it's just good to share and get that feedback that other people go through the same thing. You know, because there's there's the positives about working for yourself can end up also being the negatives that you know at the same time. You're very independent, so you make all your own decisions. And then the other the other end of that is that you are independent so you have to make all your own decisions <laughs> and that's quite stressful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it rings a bell as to why I started this podcast in the first place. I was trying to find yes. a podcast where people were sharing freelance stories, and there wasn't one. So I thought, well, I'll have to start one then. And you did the exactly. same with your meetup. I like that.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's really the same thing. If you're not finding what you what something that you want to join or what, that you want to participate in, then I definitely recommend starting your own thing.
0: But you've you've taken it further than that, from what I can see. that you've you've created an offshoot mastermind group. So how does that differ?
1: Um, so that's a really interesting thing. So, goodness. So I've learned a lot about um, events, uh, although, of course, I hasten to clarify that we only, we only do small things, um, not these kind of huge talks or, or huge things. Um, but still, there's so much um, energy and attention needed to even have, say, eight people together around a table um, and sort of make that a really positive and useful experience for everyone, um, so some of the more successful types of meetups that we've run, we've done quite a lot of experimentation, but the yeah, the freelancer mastermind is a very successful one. I think because there's structure and we keep to this hour long time limit and then everyone gets a certain number of minutes to talk about, you know, what they're doing at the moment, the main challenges and then kind of get input from everybody else on that. Sometimes you have a great idea and you just want to say, Um, this is my idea does everyone agree that that's a strong plan and then people can agree but sometimes you honestly don't know what the next step is or you've got decisions to make Um, and sometimes you just need help like does anyone know anyone who works in that field they can introduce them to for example Um, and I've just found it's been really successful um, because people will just people want to connect with other people who are going to be able to help and that they're going to be able to help in turn uh, that's just a natural human thing of course um and so the mastermind I think just creates a really good structure for people to do that and that's the thing because you can only have a small group that actually the more the merrier of people do want to start yeah whether it's in their own town or um another one in London or in the other big cities Um, that's there's always space for those it's really useful and you can do it you know we do ours like at 11 a.m so you can follow with a lunch just for chatting if people have time um, get a bit of just relaxed socializing in there as well or if people have to dash off that's fine as well so it fits into the schedule um, because I know obviously for freelancers you can end up working every hour because it's really difficult to necessarily justify the time to be away from the desk every month for, for you know a large amount of time but a, you know, a mastermind is just an hour, and we keep to the we keep to the time limit. So people can stay late if they want to hang out, but they don't have to. So yeah, I recommend that type of structure. Um, we also do like a, a social thing um, on I think it's the third Wednesday of the month. That's great. So that's just kind of come along, say hi, and chat about anything you like. Um, but I would say the most valuable thing you can do, in my experience of running a group, is have the structure and have a specific goal of, of the meetup so that everyone gets a chance to talk and share about themselves and then also listen and help others and that overall I think creates the greatest value.
0: And is there a degree of like accountability like the following month do you see how you've got on that kind of thing?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think over time you get used to kind of saying your your plans out loud um, and knowing <laughs> that the, you know the next month someone's gonna ask how it went. Um, And it does help you get better at kind of planning and thinking about what's realistic. Uh, Some people like to set dozens of goals and then, you know, achieve a couple of them, whereas other people prefer to focus on just the one. It doesn't matter, I think, what what you do, but just getting used to sharing, sharing a little bit out loud of what you're going to do and knowing that you're going to have to come back and, and report on it. Um, it's just nice to know as well that someone's going to care about what you've done because when you work for yourself, obviously the client cares, but a lot of what freelancers need to do is work on their own business. And so I would say actually a lot of the mastermind goals are around working on your own business because it's so hard to justify otherwise the time you think, oh, I could just do an extra bit of client work, but actually you should be, you know, working on your own rejigging your portfolio or, or getting a a sort of a list of people that you want to contact and let them know that you might be available when your current project ends all of these types of things that's very good for the mastermind to focus on
0: so those meetups and masterminds and whatever uh, they helped you grow your network grow your work but we've we've already touched upon the fact that you've kind of moved from just being a solo freelancer into a well more sort of business partnership right
1: yes that's right um i found um but for me, collaborative work and, and not being entirely on my own, um, not being the only sort of freelancer on, on a project is, is more enjoyable for me personally. Like I really enjoy working with others um, and I just love when you have. So for example, um, as a developer, if I can work with a designer, that's amazing. Um, if I can even work with another developer and we just divide up what needs to be done, it just means that you've got two... You know, brains on the project, which means that you kind of get this exponential increase in the number of ideas that you have, um, uh, whether it's for something new that you could do that might be amazing for the project or whether it's to solve a problem that you're coming across. Um, So good, just so kind of just for me, much more kind of preferable to, to being the only freelancer on a project and kind of having to just maybe take designs that have already been done, but that other freelancers not on the project anymore and then I just have to build them out and it's just, you know, me by myself on this and it's, it's okay, but collaborating for me is much more, much more exciting. Um, but it's yes. one
0: thing to go from collaborating like with, with uh, freelancers occasionally on different projects and another thing to yeah. then form a business partnership.
1: Yes, true. So Becca and I, um, we were, you know, separate independent freelancers um, that met through the freelancer meetup group. Um, And then we were brought in on a project or we ended up working together on a project um, last uh, like nearly a year ago. And um, we just found that we agreed on so much around process and around what's important um, to make a project go well, that we just really wanted to kind of form strength in numbers a little bit, to be honest. You know, for example, if we believe as we do that that the sort of discovery and research part of the project is so important that if, you know, a client comes to us with a certain budget and they expect that all to be spent on production time, we would want to return to them and say, do you know what we think spend less on production time and more on, um, you know, so that you can put the rest towards this more discovery and research, maybe workshop, maybe prototype, maybe test a little bit of your sort of idea that you want to develop. Then, you know, in order to be able to go back to the client and sort of almost disagree with them, you know what I mean, suggest these new ideas, it really helps to be able to, I think, form, have a little team so that you're kind of putting your ideas across more strongly, to be honest. Our experience of working separately as individual freelancers was that we were often, and this may be because freelancing, you know, for me, it's about four years and so that's still kind of an early early career stage. Um, And so I was very much taking on work. Sometimes I had no opportunity to get involved in the discovery and research stage because actually the project had already been started and then something had already gone wrong. Maybe they'd lost their developer and then they just quickly needed someone to come in and just finish whatever, you know, try not to spend too much more money on this. Um, And so I was really missing out on that opportunity to, to have more say in how the project was actually going to happen. So Becca and I kind of really... We thought that we could team up um, and then just really change how we found work um, and how we spoke to potential clients to try and find people who are more in the earlier stage and ready to have conversations with us that are related to how we'll figure out what the best thing to do is in the project um, rather than just kind of taking work that's more like, oh, it just needs to be done as quickly as possible. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Your well, company name is Swift and Magnus. Yeah, so yes, so your two your two surnames. And how did you go about forming that partnership? I don't literally legally on yeah. a, on a piece of paper, but more that kind of like did you clearly discuss like the, the, the yeah. roles or like how you would go about paying yourself? or sort of, you know the, the who would get the work in or it's I imagine it can be it could be tricky if you don't talk to each other enough about things early on.
1: Oh, so much to say on these topics. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, it's probably the quickest. The quickest um, bit to mention is that both Becca and I are very much. Becca's very intuitively good at understanding the importance of communication and negotiation in business and obviously life in general. Um, and I have grown to learn. Uh, that the entire of business and life is not just coding, uh, that there's also a lot of <laughs> other important skills and other important things to do. Uh, so we kind of collab, you know, we were working together on that project as separate freelancers last year. Um, and, and one of the things we realized, so we both really agree on process and what's important to make a project successful. Um, and then we also kind of just saw in each other that we both fundamentally understood communication, uh, negotiation skills as in just being able to, ask people you know what do you want like what you know how can we and what do we want and sort of talk and figure out the best way forwards um because this is kind of an everyday reality when you are in a business partnership obviously unless it's a catastrophic failure where you don't communicate um we had to sit down and have conversations about all kinds of um you know disaster scenarios what would happen if this happened what would we do if this happened what we do if that happened um and I think the result of that is less we you know we can't predict the future and that's not what we were trying to do but what you can do if you are starting a business partnership i think is just really communicate with the other person a lot just to understand that you whether or not you are both able to do that and whether you can foresee yourself communicating with that person in that kind of a way pretty much every working day for however many years you're going to be working together um and so that's a reality. Um, you can't just, you know, we can't just sort of swan off separately now and be like, oh, I disagree with you. I'm just not going to speak to you. Um, that's not an option. So communication uh, and that kind of negotiation um, is, is work, but it's very worth it, as I say, for, for both of us. We both knew and, and told each other early on, you know, that, we're, that collaborative work is, you know, the best for both of us. So obviously that's an important criteria. Um, so also, it's probably you know, useful to mention that you want to find a business partner whose skill set is, quite frankly, amazing and an amazing um, sort of pairing with your skill set. So fortunately for Becca and I, she has this, you know, I have this technical background and just kind of love and obsession with code and development and building things. Um, and also, I like to organize things and have things sort of, you know, kind of take care of project management details, things like that. She's very good at that, but she also has um, this background in where she's worked in sales, literally getting on the phone to do sales. She's worked in new business development. She's worked a little bit in PR, um, sort of a lot in the food industry. And um, so her skill set and background, and so she's a creative copywriter, but she has this incredible sort of business and sales and business development knowledge and understanding. Uh, So we knew that sort of with me kind of maybe helping do more any time consuming, you know, building work for setting up websites and, and that kind of thing I can do. Whereas, you know, she's kind of able to do our social media amazingly. She's able to kind of um, help us reach out to new people and sort of guide our, our strategy around that really well. She's just um, an incredibly useful person. Um, so if, if there's another Becker that anyone can find out there, I, I do recommend form a business partnership with them immediately. <laughs>
0: Okay, so while we all pause to look for our own Becca, let me just remind you this episode is supported by the podcast host. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast for your freelance business, or maybe as a side project for something else you're passionate about, well, check them out first. They have everything you need. So resources, courses, support. And if you have a podcast already, but you want to perhaps polish it up, or maybe you've got to a point where you feel like you just need help editing it, you know, like you simply don't feel like you have the time to maintain it, but at the same time, you don't want to stop doing it. Talk to them. Maybe you want to brainstorm ideas to help you grow it, chat to the podcast host, use the promo code freelance, and you can save money too. Right, back to you, Louise. And you mentioned earlier about how busy a freelance day can be, and that actually you quite like working from home. So let's talk, I guess, productivity, because I'm wondering how you go about managing your day.
1: Oh, goodness. Um, So so, yeah, so this is one of those um, busy days with and actually the last half of this week has been Um, actually I'm just checking my diary and I can see that the entirety of this week has just been one of those weeks where it's all over the place, uh, meetings and chats and Skype calls. And we actually did another podcast interview earlier this week as well. Um, and so it just, I feel like this week, um, it's a bit, a really important week, but you know, when it's one of those really bitty weeks with so many different things and it doesn't feel as productive as one where you're just, you know, on the computer doing stuff all day. So not a good time for me to <laughs> report on how to be how to be productive. I feel not that productive. Um, but I think one thing I was going to say, actually, that I was thinking about this morning is how um, important I found as a freelancer, you have to learn how to understand your own kind of mental states and work with them and figure out the best times to do different types of work, because, you know, there's the high energy, positive time. There's the maybe kind of tired and and sort of feeling less positive times? And what can you do to sort of make the most of all of your time while, um, you know, kind of depending on this state, on this mental state? Um, And then actually that kind of links back to this idea of the importance of your your network, your kind of support network and your crew of fellow freelancers. Um, Because if you, because that can be something that can help put you into a positive mental state, you know, because otherwise nagging, worries maybe about projects could just start to make you feel more and more tired and less sort of less positive about a project and that's the last thing you want so to be able to kind of share with people can bring your mental state back into a really positive one I think that's something that's actually really important for freelancers um and you know anyone who really cares about their work and what they're doing which is lots of people um you mustn't neglect that side of it and just think. I will just be like a robot. I will just get up every day and do, you know, eight to 10 hours of work and everything will be fine. Um, you have to work with the fact that you're a human being, uh, energy levels fluctuate and sort of, um, you, even things like your, it's not so silly, but like your sense of self belief, you have to, that's some, something that's really good about Becca and I is that we support each other in, um you know, those moments maybe of self-doubt, like, am I, am I good enough to pitch for this project? Um, Am I handling this project or this issue in this project well enough? Is the client thinking well of me or are they maybe not? Um, You know, you can worry about a lot of things. Um, So if you work with others, that's another benefit is that you can help each other to feel more positive, not worry about those things, just focus on what you can do, do your best, all those things. Um, So I would say that that's that's kind of my productivity tip, or my, or something that guides my feelings around productivity and being organised and getting things done is to um, learning to be a lot more realistic about about what's possible. Um, and then the benefit of that is that then you just, I think, start using your time a little bit better because you know when you'll be more energetic and positive. You know how much time you need to get, you need to spend out of the office, like because if your office is at home and you're not seeing. Um, many other people, maybe when you're at home working all day, um, you know you need to know when you need to get out and see non freelancey friends to so take your mind off it, and you need to know also when you might need to talk to some other freelancers and share um, worries and stresses just to get them all off your mind. And then you know productivity apps. There's there's plenty of those. I find that they matter a bit less than than just kind of checking in with yourself about how you're feeling and 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 what you may know in your kind of gut is the highest priority for that day and what you really want to focus on, things like that.
0: Mm. Nice. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Make
0: two true and one a lie, and let me figure out a lie. So what have you got for me?
1: Okay, all right, some fairly random random facts here. Um, The first is uh, that I have worked at both McDonald's and Starbucks, the second is that I left a full-time role because of anxiety and stress issues. Um, and the third is that I've never taken on a project that I didn't have the skills for.
0: I am not going to over-interrogate this week. Put, I've, <laughs> I've been told off of interrogating too much. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so McDonald's and Starbucks, you could clearly you could have done. Hmm. Two, what was the second one?
1: Um, That I left a full-time role because of anxiety and stress issues.
0: Now, you see, you never mentioned a full-time role, but you might have just been clever so that you... (laughs) Crafty. Yeah. So I... I don't think you left a full-time role. Okay. That's
1: a lie. All right. Well, you're wrong. That did happen. That happened before I started freelancing, actually. That was... One of my main reasons for starting. Was so, it? Yeah, that was crafty of me. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah,
0: you totally neglected. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, so you were working as a as a developer for for a bigger company. I um, actually,
1: no, it wasn't really relevant to development. I was um, I was basically an admin assistant, um, which is fine and good. And I was I was grateful to get it when I did get that job, um, because you know bills must be paid. Uh, but yes it just the commute and everything and for a long time I don't I think it was a combination of things you know that the long days um kind of sandwich sandwich between a horrendous commute um although I shouldn't complain because it's not I know some people commute like 90 minutes a day or oh sorry like each way um so do you know what like about that for a long time I felt a bit almost like I was freelancing because I couldn't handle the full time role. And I think the friends of mine who do very high pressure jobs, I would be, compare myself to them and think, you know, that's I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, but that's something that I've totally made peace with now. I think because once once I started working for myself and I discovered that I could actually and especially now Becca and I track our time because we're being all sensible in our business um and so I can see that I'm that you know that we're both doing these really really good productive weeks you know because you only track the time you're actually working um so if you're doing you know 30 to 40 hours and that's not travel and it's not lunch and it's not faffing about that's you know that's your good time every week we're really really happy about that um and I think that's gone some way to kind of helping me let go of my guilt for not being able to, for just not being great at these full-time roles with the commute um, and everything else. Oh, like, you should never feel guilty
0: about that. man. No.
1: So, <laughs> well, which was, I, yeah. so
0: which was the lie? You've never worked so, at McDonald's?
1: Um I have worked at both oh, McDonald's and Starbucks. <laughs> um, back when I was at college, I worked at McDonald's and actually um, while at uni, I worked at Starbucks.
0: You mentioned about tracking time. Yes. What do you get out of tracking each other's or well, tracking your time? But it sounds like you're both looking at it. And uh, yes. so, 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 yeah. So what, what do you get out of doing that?
1: That's a good question. I was really resistant to time tracking for a while because I thought it would just be distracting and maybe disheartening. So I was very relieved when I saw that we were being highly productive. Um, But... um The business reason is that we obviously need to be able to glance back at, you know, what were we doing last year and how long did that, you know, we did a project like this last year, how long did that take us so that we can predict uh, a little bit kind of forecast costs for new projects that might be similar. And then also, I think it does help you be a little bit more realistic, like on a personal level, you know, this kind of busy trap where you sort of feel like, oh my God, I've got so much to do and I'm spending all my time working. Um, If you track your time, usually you'll kind of notice that you do have enough time. And that's, that's a good thing. Like if you get good at prioritizing, which you can do if, if you just kind of suck, you know, if anyone's not good at it, it's, I think just a question of, of being realistic about the time that's available. And that's quite difficult. We are, I, I think most freelancers kind of just want to do as much as possible. So you fall into the trap of thinking, okay, well, I'll just spend 12 hours on this, but then <laughs> usually that's not realistic because you've got other stuff to do. Um, so, you know, it helps me to be, on a personal level, more realistic about what I'm doing um, and how much time things are really taking, and how much time I really have available. So, yeah, really useful.
0: And um, what do you what do you use?
1: Uh, we're just using Toggle at the moment because ah, yeah, it has yeah. a free plan. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. I, I think it was uh, Timmy Allen, who's an animator on a previous episode. Um, yeah, uh, was mentioned Toggle as well, and so yeah. you and so you might type in exactly what project you're working on. Or
1: yeah, you divide everything by project, and yeah. then you can put in a couple of notes about what specifically. So within a project, then you've got little kind of um, sections. So you might have project management time, and then web development time. And then underneath that, you can write a little note about what exactly you're doing. Um, yeah, Interesting. it's good. Yeah. I might have Helps to give is- that a go, yeah. Okay,
0: if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would it be?
1: <laughs> well, this one's easy for me because, um, gosh, well, I knew nothing at the beginning. So... Um, that it's about people and patience and persistence and um, sort of primarily and then obviously technical skills following. The kind of technical work's almost a straightforward joy, even though obviously that can be really challenging. Um, but compared to the sort of importance of learning how to be really good with people, how to make your clients feel amazing about working with you, that's that's what I would say to focus on.
0: Mm. And you mentioned earlier that when you started out, you kind of saw this gulf you said, between where you were and where you wanted to be. Do you feel like you've bridged that now?
1: Um, I've made such huge leaps since, as I say, starting that meetup group or, you know, in whatever way someone chooses to network with others. That's huge. That's really important. Um, And then meeting the people that I now work with quite often, particularly Becca, obviously I work with her all the time. um, That's, yeah, we're making huge leaps and bounds. And suddenly, you know, we're in a really really good place and I'm really pleased. I almost feel a little bit um, bewildered by <laughs> trying to just be calm
0: <laughs> louise thank you so much beingfreelance.com is the website on on the page for this if you're not already there you will find links to louise and also to swift and magnus and find them on twitter but also to the meetup if you're in london and a freelancer and hopefully i might well see you there one day if that <laughs> if would be I
1: great that would be brilliant
0: make my way onto the train uh, but thanks so much and all the best being freelance
1: Thank you so much.
0: If you're new to being freelance, please do listen to the other episodes because, heck, you might have missed something like this.
1: If your hours are full, all you can do is... Raise your price, which you can only do to a certain extent. So that's where the idea of creating an an agency or a business that would, you know, have scope to grow came from. And if I'm going to be doing this for the next 40 years, how am I going to make my income grow appropriately and make it something that I want to do forever?
0: The quickest hack for networking is to speak about whatever it is you're good at.
1: It's always something that's sort of talked about with business owners, that you work every hour God sends, and that's the only way that you can be successful. And if that's the only way that you can be successful, then i don't I don't really want to be successful. <laughs> I'd much rather sort of set my own goals, whatever they are, and work towards them and still have time with my children. I can remember. Last year, there was a period of time where I didn't physically leave the house, either the front door or the back door, for three weeks. The rewards of taking the reins and building something and being able to say that you went out there and did it and to own your client relationships and own your own destiny,
0: it's it's thrilling. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of this. If you're not on it and you're trying to be freelance in some way, Honestly, you're just being an idiot and you need to.
1: (laughs) I gave myself a business name. I could start to refer to myself as a business, and actually it was good because then I started to feel like a business. You know, it's so different than having a set salary and thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to make this year. That's it. With the freelance lifestyle, you have so much opportunity to out-earn the previous month or to out-earn your last year annual billable income. I love that challenge. I think it's very exciting. It's also very dangerous.
0: All of those guests and many more. Go take a listen and you have a great week being freelance.